The podcast is also sponsored by my good friend Tiger at It's Tiger Music on Instagram at itztiger.music. You can find all his work on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. He does all the music and tracks for the Block Hash podcast. Go check him out. Also, don't forget to check out Blockhash Plus on Patreon. This is something that's new, where you can learn more about trading, technical analysis, and charting, all for the price of two cups of coffee a month. That's pretty damn cheap. Sign up at patreon.com slash Blockhash. And last but definitely not least, Blockhash is offering consulting for all your blockchain needs. Buying, exchanging, selling, safe storage, tokenization, NFT creation, point of sale, you name it. We can help you. Go to blockhashpodcast.com slash consulting and let's talk. What's up guys? This is Wednesday, April 7th, episode 123. And today I have JP Richardson, CEO of Exodus. Exodus is a secure, user-friendly crypto wallet and exchange where you can store, manage, and trade all of your blockchain assets all in one place. I personally use Exodus Wallet, and it is one of the best in terms of security, user interface, um, and, and you can get it on pretty much all your devices, so I highly recommend you check it out. And be sure to check out the free newsletter by Blockhash Research. Go into the description below to find the link for that. Again, it's free, so check it out. With that said, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about blockchain, JP Richardson, and Exodus Wallet. Enjoy. So I had someone that originally, um, I had a few people that are older than me. They were telling me, oh, I have to go to Medellin. I have to go to Medellin. And I was like in high school. And I, I had no idea where the fuck Medellin was. I thought it was like in Asia or something because um, it kind of sounds like that a little yeah. bit. <laughs> um, I don't know. They just kept telling me and telling me like, oh, it's in Colombia. It's in Latin America. And like, you know, growing up in like high school and then going through college, it was like, what's in Latin America? Like no one talks oh, where, about where it. Where were you, where were you in, in the U.S.? Um, I grew up in Oregon and um, – and then I currently live part time in Las Vegas, and then I went to college in California. So a lot of places on the West Coast. Got it. Got it. And they're telling um, you get to Colombia, mm-hmm. Medellin. Yeah, they're like, you, you got to go to Medellin. It's the next best place, next best city. And I was like, all right. So eventually, after I graduated college, I went, and I was like, oh my god, this place is amazing, right? It was like the food is incredible. It's super cheap. It's affordable. It's great for living. There's tons of expats here that speak English. So it's not like I'm stuck only like trying to learn Spanish and it's easy to get around. People are friendly. So I was just like, why do I need to leave? <laughs> so I, I kind of planted some roots here and then I'm, I'm like in Medellin like six months out of the year. The other six months, I'm either home or traveling. So I found a pretty good balance with it, I that guess. incredible. What an incredible place to be. Oh, it's, it is. Where are you based? I'm in Nebraska. Nebraska? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I always get usually when I say that to people, I always get some kind of reaction because people are like, "Wait, what's in Nebraska? Aren't there just cornfields in Nebraska?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's pretty much all we have out here. It's it's, it's pretty pretty uh, mm-hmm. low-key way of living." Um, but it's it was a great place to raise a family. Uh, and you know, for us with Exodus, I mean, we 
we started Exodus with the intent of building a, a world-changing company, and we mm-hmm. knew that to do that, we were going to go remote only from the get-go. So, but as, as far as Nebraska goes, it's it's a great place to live, and it's cheap. So, mm-hmm. and there's good food. So, are you a corn husker? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, born and raised here. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Big football guy or sports guy? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if if, if you live in Nebraska. It's kind of a rite of passage. You kind of have to be. Okay. Uh, so growing up, yeah, and, and every every Husker fan will will always remind you of the glory days of the mid nineties. <laughs> but uh, and you know the hope to return to the mid nineties. But uh, you know we won you know three national championships. But it's, it's looking pretty tough for them. I mean, that was a long time ago. It's it's going to be a while. I think everybody's just got to get cozy and get comfortable with where we're at today. Yeah. So one thing with sports people, they get so tied down to like their dynasties back in the day. And and I'm like, dude, like it happened a long time ago. There's no guarantee it's coming back. Things shift, uh, shift and change up in sports all the time. Like Nebraska will probably come back at some point, but like, you know, it it just shifts because of, you know, growing cities and where players want to, you know, grow up and, you know, the talent dynamics, um, you know, of like where regionally, like it, what do you call it? The hotbeds, you know, those kind of shift around a lot. So it really dictates um, recruiting and stuff like that. And it's just huge. Frustrating for, though, like it's frustrating to watch teams, you know, rise up, do really well, and then then yeah. fall, and then rise up again before us. You know, we're sitting here mm-hmm. on the sidelines, being like, oh come on, really? Like they're 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 in the they're in the top twenty five now, and we're not even ranked like that's the life of a Husker fan yeah college football is a crazy world you you never know what's going to happen to be honest (laughs) yeah for sure anyways yeah well you told me a little bit about your background you know from Nebraska and everything you guys you're still in Nebraska like Exodus is based in Nebraska or what's up with that yeah so Exodus we we were founded in Nebraska back in in 20 uh, spring of 2015 is when the idea was, was created Mm-hmm. And, uh, and let's see the number of employees we have in Nebraska now, I don't know, maybe nine or 10 or so. Uh, so we're headquarters in Nebraska, but worldwide we have 137 people and we are a remote only company. There's no actual physical offices uh, that, that we hold. That's cool. So you do everything remotely and virtually? Yeah, everything, everything remote. And, and, it, all, and it all started because it's like, We've got to think very unconventionally in in terms of building a company in the future, a decentralized company in the future. Mm-hmm. And so we were thinking, okay, let's be remote only. And this allows us to find the best talent anyways, right? We can go mm-hmm. to, to Russia, to Jordan, to the UK and and find the best talent all over the world. And, and so we started with remote only. In, in addition to that, we said, let's let's pay 100% of our salaries in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I still, I still have yet to find another crypto company that's doing that's 100% of salary. Like I know there's crypto companies that will pay uh, fractions of their salaries in Bitcoin, but mm-hmm. 100% of their salaries in Bitcoin, it's, it's a must. Like, that's pretty cool. If you're going to work at Exodus, you have to get your salary in Bitcoin. And it actually has another cool side effect to it. It's like you can figure out if the person's mission driven or not. Like, do you like cryptocurrency? Do you like Bitcoin? All right, come join us, right? If, if it's scary, like, uh, I don't know if I can take that weird Bitcoin and then, then don't work for Exodus. It's not, you know, this is not the place for you. But again, it goes all, all back to 
thinking about things in an unconventional manner and, and building a company that, yeah, it, it was started in Nebraska, but you know, long term, we, we don't think of ourselves as just a Nebraska company. We think of ourselves as an international, worldwide, global company. Is there like crypto state laws like in Nebraska that like kind of help support, you know, you being able to do that? Like I know Wyoming has like a ton of them. They've made a huge push. And now obviously Florida is in Miami. And um, so, yeah, kind of curious. Is there any like legislation through Nebraska that like makes that a little bit easier on you guys? Not yet. They are mm-hmm. they are working on some legislation to make it similar to Wyoming. But mm-hmm. I think it, it's, it's more related to the banking laws and how the banking laws work, mm-hmm. uh, not so much to what we're doing. But since, you know, we're a, a non-custodial wallet where, you know, you control the assets, the keys, uh, you know, the, the, a lot of those, those laws and regulations don't really help us in any shape or form. Okay, gotcha. What about for like when you're paying your employees and like Bitcoin and stuff like that? Like it's pretty seamless for them in terms of, um, you know, getting paid and reporting, they just got to like get their Bitcoin wallet, right? Yeah. So think of it this way. If, if we're, let, let's say a person was going to receive, I don't know, just to make numbers simple, I'm going to say it's $10,000 a month, right? Just mm-hmm. pre-tax $10,000 a month. Let's say their salary is $120,000. So pre-tax, they're going to receive $10,000 a month. So what happens then is we work with a payroll company and they do all the standard payroll healthcare and deductions just normally. And so that's just as an employee of Exus, you don't even have to worry about any of that. You're, you're still a standard employee, just like any other company in the United States. And then the leftover, let's just say, I don't know, 6000 or $7,000 is what you're actually paid in Bitcoin, your take home mm-hmm. pay. So on the first of the month, uh, it's, it's, it's actually still pretty manual. We, we have, you know, a spreadsheet for everyone and we mm-hmm. go down one by one by one, and we just have a list of, of everybody's salary and one by one by one, we send out those Bitcoin transactions, but that, that's how it works. Do you think your employees keep it in Bitcoin? Like if they did like at least a little bit, they probably are really happy. Oh, so there's, it's kind of funny. There, there's some early employees that have, have said that they have not sold. I mean, throughout the years, they've sold some. But mm-hmm. the early, early days, they kept a lot in Bitcoin and uh, I'm sure they're really happy today. Oh, yeah, I, I'd be happy. Like, I definitely keep a little bit of that paycheck in Bitcoin, in Bitcoin, especially with how much has gone up over the last year. My God, it's been well, crazy. And it, and it's just it's just the beginning too, right. Like a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, so so Michael Saylor, he was what back in, I think, September mm-hmm. when he, you know, announced that you know, they bought, they're buying Bitcoin and all the early sorts of things. That's yeah kind of kicked everything off right well tesla and elon musk buying bitcoin in in february i think that's just the beginning now of public companies of uh, in the s p 500 where they're going to start really buying bitcoin and so it's still early i think everyone's looking for that next catalyst though for this next cycle of the bull run i guess i mean when you look at it what do you think that could be because there's so many moving parts right now yeah so i don't I don't. I think it's going to continue to be more more public companies buying Bitcoin because mm-hmm. how much more bullish can you really get? Like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, Tesla bought Bitcoin, and then you know, Elon says that hey, someday you know we're going to accept Bitcoin for Tesla cars, and that day just happened to be you know a couple of days ago when, when they actually announced that. So I don't know how much how much more bullish we can get. You know, there's multiple ETF announcements coming. The mm-hmm. S 
SEC, I'm, I'm you know assuming here, but the SEC is going to have to approve a Bitcoin ETF eventually because you know Canada just mm-hmm. launched one. You know, in in people can't continue to use companies like MicroStrategy as a kind of pseudo ETF. So sure. ETFs are going to be coming later this year. But I think I think the big catalyst is going to be that the macro narratives of the Fed continuing to print money. That's not going to change. And more public companies continue to put it on their, their balance sheets. I, I don't think I don't see that changing. Well, do you guys support XRP uh, with Exodus or did you guys delist it too? Or? Yeah, Exodus. Yeah, Exodus supports uh, XRP amongst uh, the other, I think, 112 assets or so. But yeah, XRP is supported. And as just, you know, as an asset that you're holding in your wallet, it's just, it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's, since Exodus, like I said, it's, it's a non-custodial wallet, not your keys, not your wealth, not your coins. That's the, you know, the, the, the big thing that everybody's uh, touting. And it's very important to us. And so with Exodus, when you're holding XRP in your Exodus wallet, um, you know, we don't, we don't touch that. We don't have custody of that. And so, uh, so yeah, we support XRP. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah, tell me a little bit more about like Exodus. So like, is it just a wallet or can you do like other things inside the wallet? I downloaded it last week and I got to say it's pretty badass. And I like the UI design, like the layout and everything. It's really cool. Yeah. So, so Exodus is the most beautiful, easy to use cryptocurrency platform that allows you to send, receive and manage a portfolio of cryptocurrency. 1.2 million people trust Exodus to store uh, their their assets and most people love exodus for the in-app exchange in other words you can easily exchange one asset for another asset there are i believe a little over ten thousand trading pairs supported and so Mm -hmm. it's very very seamless inside the wall so that that's the biggest thing that that people love exodus is that in-app exchange but in addition to that, there's there's a lot of other st- stuff that it supports. Um, the, the, the another thing that people love is is staking, right? So being able to earn yield on cryptocurrency without actually giving it up, you know, in, in custody. So you know, so many people are are used to like you know bank account. Like I'm going to deposit you know my dollars in a bank in a savings account, and I'm going to earn mm-hmm. a, a small interest on on those dollars. Well, there are a number of crypto assets these days where you can hold them, and just by holding them, you can you can uh, earn interest, earn yield on these assets. And so we make staking very seamless. Mm-hmm. Whereas other wallets, you have to put a lot of work and thought into actually making it work, and and that's important. So I'll I'll use it. I'll give you an example. So. Some wallets out there with like Cardano want you to pick your Cardano Cardano staking pool. Now that's fine, and I understand why they they do that. Mm-hmm. But the the problem is is that you as a as a customer of that wallet, you have to pay attention to the balance in the staking pool. If that balance exceeds sixty four million ADA Cardano. Mm-hmm. And you're going to start losing out on your rewards. And so what Exodus does, it makes it very seamless so that you don't have to think about that. You just press one button, stake, and Exodus manages the pool, the staking pool management for you, so you don't even have to think about it. So that's another 
another feature that I think a lot of our customers really, really love and, and, and use. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in addition to the, you know, desktop, mobile wallet, uh, support on both platforms, also supports the Trezor so that people that, you know, want that cold storage, that peace of mind can easily plug in their, their Trezor to their uh, desktop wallet and, um, you know, just get that, that ease of, of support there. Um, but one, one of the biggest things that we're most excited about, and this is just at the, the ground floor, is that inside of Exodus, we are having our public offering. So what that means is that people, uh, whether they're accredited investors or non-accredited investors, mm-hmm. will be able to, and this is pending SEC approval, will be able to purchase Exodus shares directly inside the wallet with either Bitcoin, Ethereum, or, or USDC. So this is the first of its kind, this offering. Mm-hmm. And we believe that by doing this, we'll be able to show the world that this is possible and that other companies will want to come in and do an offering inside of Exodus Wallet. And we can essentially then create the beginning of a new stock market on the blockchain. But uh, that, that's up and coming here, anticipated within as far as this offering uh, by the end of March or early April. So we're, we're really soon on that one. Yeah, that's really cool. I actually saw that one, the tokenized share offering that you guys are doing. And so, yeah, you guys are waiting SEC approval on that, right? Like how long, do you know how long that process is or is it kind of just whenever they, they decide? So uh, we submitted, I think the original uh, submission was back in around September and uh, so we've just been having uh, back and forth communication with the SEC and with our attorneys on mm-hmm. this. And um, so we, we anticipate what, what happens is that kind of the number of questions decreases over time. And so you can kind of predict from that moment. Uh, and so it's still possible that the SEC may have some concerns, you know, with uh, with how things are done, being done. We don't know. We can't speculate on that. But uh, we anticipate uh, that it will be soon, like I said, end of March, early April. Uh, but again, it's all dependent upon what, what the SEC uh, says and if, if they will qualify. Yeah, well, I, I kind of feel bad for the SEC. They're getting backed into a corner by the like entire crypto industry. You got all these people uh, submitting things like this for like tokenized share offerings. And you got ETFs pending and you got this battle with Ripple that pretty much, you know, sets precedent in the entire industry. Like I feel bad for them in a way. It's, I would not envy that position because that would be really hard when, when companies come along, especially like Exodus and are like, Hey, we're going to reinvent the entire stock market and the financial Mm -hmm. system. We're going to reinvent it all. And then, you know, as, as a SEC regulator, you're going to be like, well, wait a second, hold on. Everybody's familiar with the stock market and how it works. Why do you, why do you crazy company? Why do you want to change things? And and so I understand how that could be something that as a regulator you have to spend your time to to really dig into the details and specifics to make sure that you get it right. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I wouldn't want to be in their position at all. <laughs> you touched on security too, um, like in terms of like the level of security of using like an Exodus wallet. Um, does it come down to like what the customer is doing? Are they using like Trezor and like Ledger and like, are those like available for them to connect to their wallet or like, what are the different security features you guys include? Cause it's obviously a huge importance in the space. Absolutely. So as a part of 
being the the custody or, or controlling your own funds, your own assets, mm-hmm. you have to take responsibility to keep these assets safe. So if you have an Exodus desktop wallet on just, you know, like your, your uh, MacBook laptop or whatever it is, mm-hmm. then you have to keep in mind that that wallet is only as safe as the computer that it's on. So in other words, if you have a virus or if you have malware on that computer, your money would be at risk. And this is where a Trezor can come in and, and help you out. And so Exodus does support a Trezor and you can have your, your wallet on, on the Trezor and then you use the Exodus interface directly with your Trezor. So what that means though is that the 12 word secret phrase or the 12 word seed, the private seed, mm-hmm. never leaves the Trezor, never enters into your computer and so that you can use Exodus for the interface and Trezor for your security. In addition to that, uh, money using Exodus on your phone is actually very safe because it's hard to get malware or uh, a virus on your phone unless it's you know rooted or jailbroken. Well, then that, that would be a problem. But if it's not rooted mm-hmm. or jailbroken, it's harder for uh, malware or a virus to steal your funds on your phone. However... Mm-hmm. Uh, the real problem then becomes, you know, if you're out at a at a bar or a pub or whatever, and you've got your 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 portfolio open, and you're looking at it, and you're like, oh, this is this is awesome, I've done really well. Then you just have to be very careful that yeah, if somebody's around, that they could come and 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 you know basically uh, put a gun to your head and and, and take your your funds. And so mm-hmm. these are things that we are thinking about, and we're thinking about building solutions to to solve both of these problems, both the malware virus problem and both the uh, robber putting a gun to your head problem. And and the solution to that is um, kind of a form of, of multi-sig, you know, multi-signature technology where it would require both your desktop and your mobile phone mm-hmm. bringing together in kind of a two-factor authentication multi-sig world. And, and that would do a pretty good job of solving those problems. So we anticipate that that will come out uh, later this year or early 2022 uh, to solve those problems. Have you guys thought about using like a dummy wallet method? Like I know Ledger, I think still does maybe Trezor too, but like they have one where you can put in like an alternate pin code. So like if you did have a gun pointed to your head and then you could give them a fake wallet with like a, like a really small amount of Bitcoin or something like that. Um, you actually do something like that today with Exodus. So here's how you do that. Exodus mm-hmm. supports multiple portfolios in one wallet. So what Mm. you would do is in your primary portfolio, you would have kind of the dummy balances. And Mm -hmm. then you would create another port. You can just add a new portfolio and that would be your real wallet. And when you're out and about, let's say you're going to go somewhere, you're going to go to, like I said, a bar or a club or whatever. And you're like, eh, I don't want anybody to see see my my other portfolio or wallet. What you could do is, uh, you can just delete it and it'll still be there, but then nobody would see it. Now that is a form of kind of se- security through obscurity. Um, and so that's not, you know, the, traditionally in the security community, they say that security through obscurity or through hiding is not real security and they are right, but it's something that could help you if you had no other alternatives. So I'm not recommending that people do this, but let's assume that you only have a phone you only have one wallet, you know, one excess wallet or whatever. This might be a solution that you could use 
to get you by until you were able to buy like a Tracer wallet for your for your desktop. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. Um, I was kind of curious, like, because you guys are all virtual, you do everything, you don't necessarily have like a one place everyone goes or physical office. Did the pandemic like affect you guys in terms of like development or anything like that? Or were you guys actually just better positioned? It, it actually, we were, we were better, we were better positioned and uh, we have a, we have an employee in, in China and in early mm-hmm. February, this employee, he's, he asked, he's like, JP, can you, can you send me some masks? Cause we're out in China. And so I had somebody on our team buy a extra mask. I'm like, just in case, <laughs> this makes its way here. Let's buy some extra. Let's send our employees some masks. And so we bought extra for other employees and that really paid off because other, we started sending masks to other employees, but yeah, we were still, we were well positioned because, you know, when the world transitioned to remote, we were already remote and, and it didn't really affect much uh, for, for people in their, in their working environment. Okay. Gotcha. Well, that's good. It's, I know a lot of companies in the space got affected pretty, pretty hard, but um, it's, it's good to know that you guys, you know, didn't have too many issues with that at least. Yeah, no, not, not at all. I mean, we just, we, we, we sailed through it other than when the pandemic really hit, it was, uh, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. I think it was like March 12th or March 13th. I don't know if you remember the, when cryptocurrency just collapsed, Bitcoin just fell. And I remember thinking like, oh, no, this is terrible. Like the, the halvings coming up and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people, the whole world's looking at Bitcoin as, you know, maybe it could have been an asset that would have helped. And, and now it's a disaster. And, you know, who would have guessed, who would have guessed that, it, you know, within a year from that moment, <laughs> that Tesla would be buying Bitcoin and put it on their balance sheet. Nobody would have ever predicted that. So that was the only moment where I remember thinking like, oh, shit, like as a business, because you know, we pay our salaries in Bitcoin. Our mm-hmm. our own balance sheet is, you know, in, in a lot of it's in Bitcoin. And so we thought like, uh, you know, are we going to be in trouble? But it ended up, we sailed right through it. You know, Bitcoin rebounded. I didn't take long. Maybe it was just a few mm-hmm. weeks. Maybe it was a month or so or a couple months, but it rebounded. And, you know, it's been uh, upward ever since. You know, it's been interesting since we had that huge market dip uh, in the during the pandemic. You know, Bitcoin was like moving up before that too. Like yeah. beginning of twenty twenty, oh, yeah. whole market was moving up, and and then obviously pandemic hit, things crashed. But very few things recovered very quickly out of that market, though. It was really interesting to see that Bitcoin was one of the things that recovered the fastest. Oh, absolutely! I remember reading a tweet. Somebody tweeted out. They said they said the the narrative of the having is dead like the you know that everybody looks at this and that the whole thing is dead but mm-hmm. you're absolutely right like it just bounced it recovered really fast and it was it was incredible to see and you know with come you know come to find out michael saylor that summer i think he was just scooping just scooping bitcoin and yeah. uh you know good good for him to scoop as much as he scooped He's a smart guy. Like uh, he really deserves the credit he's getting now because I think he was really overlooked before that. But yeah, he's like the hottest thing in crypto right now. <laughs> oh yeah, like his uh, the series with uh, let's say, yeah with him and uh, Breedlove, where that that seven or eight part series is 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 incredible. I that one I was just like really mm-hmm. diving into and like wow, this is crazy to think about the transition of human history and energy and all these sorts of things and so yeah you're right sailor is a very very smart dude that deserves Mm -hmm. a lot of credit for getting this ecosystem to where it is today 
Yeah, he's he's fun to listen to. And it's cool every time you get to see him in the news going out and trying to push more people, um, you know, hedgies and Wall Street and everyone with the big money to try and buy Bitcoin against the industry because um, he's such a smart guy. So it's fun seeing him like really push it. But like in terms of like the market, I, I feel like we're going to see a lot of companies with Bitcoin on their balance sheet at the end of this month because Q1 is about to end. And I think that's the key thing that most people are missing is that those balance sheets get revealed and who knows who added Bitcoin to their balance sheet. And that could definitely provide the spark we need to kind of get through this 60,000-ish threshold. Oh, I think so. And and here's another potential signal is Sailor, let's see, how many times has he bought Bitcoin within the last, I don't know, month and a half, two months. I, there's been a, I, I want to say maybe, maybe three times, you know, he did another debt issuance of, I think it was like a billion dollars. And then there were two or three times where he announced that, hey, uh, you know, MicroStrategy just spent another 10 to $15 million to acquire a small bit of Bitcoin. And, and you're probably, you know, people are probably wondering like, what? wait a second, he, he just bought billions of Bitcoin. Why is he spending another 10 to 15 million? My personal take on that, again, mm-hmm. I, I have no information on this to suggest this actually happening. So it's pure speculation on my part, is that he just found out from, you know, because other public, other public company CEOs or CFOs, you know they're calling him up and they're like, all right, Michael, what are we going to do? How, how do we buy this Bitcoin? Of so course. My, my bet on this is that he just got off a call with, you know, some public company CEO or CFO that said they just bought Bitcoin. And he's like, all right, load up. Time to load up more. Keep loading up those bags of Bitcoin. Again, pure speculation mm-hmm. on my part, but I, I suspect that's what's happening. And then you're right. The, the earnings announcements in April, I think that's mm-hmm. when we're going to find out who is a hodler and who, who was scooping. Exactly. It's it's kind of feels so weird that it's coincidental that you have like Ripple in the SEC, you know, um, that's going to set precedent, you know, that, you know, crypto is not a security necessarily, especially like XRP and whatnot. So that, you know, that excludes so many companies that want to buy Bitcoin from SEC scrutiny if they collaborated and all bought together. So you got to wonder if they're looking at this and they're all, you know, under the table, on the phone, talking to each other. Like, if you buy Bitcoin, I'll buy Bitcoin. If he buys Bitcoin, she'll buy Bitcoin. <laughs> and the, it's it's eerie in a, in a way because they all do it OTC under the table. So it doesn't pop up and reflect on the exchanges and move the price. So who knows how much they have? I'm kind of in that boat right now where I'm like, I think we're going to be in for a little bit of an April surprise, you know, when the earnings come out for Q1. And that maybe will be the thing that pushes pushes us over the top because it's just way too bullish right now. There's no way that we we go down any further at this point. Like we got to finish this cycle out. Oh, I think it's safe. Like you know, there was this old joke that if you say uh, Bitcoin will never fall under 10k, like sure enough, it's going to fall under 10k. And I think mm-hmm. we can safely say we're beyond that now. And and I agree with you. This this year is going to be very bullish. I, I agree that more public companies will be buying Bitcoin, but I, I think it's going to get cooler than that. I think, you know, imagine how many how many nations out there too are looking at Bitcoin just a little yeah. bit, just to add to the reserve. You know, like they've got mm-hmm. gold, they've got dollars, they've you know treasuries. You know, some nations have got to be thinking like, let's add just a little bit of Bitcoin to our treasury here and just make sure that we're protected here. 
because it's going to, I mean, I think a lot of people are seeing the value of Bitcoin and what it, what it can offer. Yeah, even Deutsche Bank in Germany came out and said that you'd be, you know, incredibly stupid not to consider Bitcoin as, you know, part of your portfolio at this point. Um, so, isn't you know, that the, wild? Isn't it wild it is that wild. all these banks now, these banks, like, you know, Morgan Stanley recently announced that mm-hmm. they're, they're, they are holding Bitcoin on, on behalf of their wealthy customers. And, mm-hmm. you know, JP Morgan Chase is coming out and saying the same things. Like, you got you know, you, you should consider Bitcoin. Like, the banks now. Of mm-hmm. all of all institutions are saying you should consider Bitcoin pretty wild, wild times. Well, they figured out that they could make a lot of money off the fees. So yep. these exchanges are you're making a buttload of money and they're just sitting on the sideline. These banks are just like, what the fuck, man? That could be us. So now it's shifting. Like here in Colombia, like the banks are very anti-crypto at the moment. So it makes it very hard to do they anything. Still are in a way. But that's like half the narrative. Like the real story is like Banco Colombia here in Colombia, they're they're doing a partnership with Gemini right now to um, in a sandbox to produce crypto products and exchanges wow. and stuff like that. Uh, the, yeah, the Vivienda, another bank in Colombia, they're partnered with Binance doing the same thing. That so huge. I know it's like it's coming. It's coming slowly, but it's it's going to happen at some point. I think it's a matter of time, but. You know, all all these banks are going to jump on board. They're going to make so much money off fees. They got to stay relevant in a digital age. Uh, fiat is is a dying breed, so I'm not surprised too much. Absolutely. I mean, when you if, if you're a bank and you're watching like Binance daily volumes, you know, mm-hmm. you want 20, 30, 40, 50 billion dollars a day. Mm-hmm. You're be thinking to yourself like, we've got to get in this 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 game and make money off stuff and that's exactly what they're doing which it's good for the ecosystem because if we get them involved too then it adds i think more more protection to the entire ecosystem oh yeah well on the opposite side of that what do you think about like dexes right now and swaps like they've kind of like they're starting to change the game in how people trade their crypto and it kind of fix it's starting to fix a lot of the issues exchanges have but it's like full-on like decentralized like, do you think that's like the right route to go? Is it something that's exciting for you guys? Because I know as a wallet, that's huge for you guys because you don't have to work with a giant centralized exchange. You can use Uniswap or something like that and, you know, do swaps in the wallet. So I imagine yeah. it's great for you. Absolutely. So our mission is to help half of the world exit the traditional financial system. And so a DEX is something that has very little friction. Right, you can just go to this smart contract, and if it's in an easy to use interface, you can easily exchange from one asset to another asset without an issue. A lot of people don't even know that Exodus itself, behind the scenes, uses Uniswap for some exchanges, some Ethereum token exchanges. So we see a future where DEXs are going to actually own the world of exchanging. It's just a matter of time. Right now, it's still very complicated. Like, yes, with Uniswap, you can exchange. Uh, Ethereum tokens for other Ethereum tokens, but we still have yet to see other uh, basically cross-chain exchanges that work really well. I know that uh, BISC is another example where it, it's starting to kind of work, and mm-hmm. uh, there's other technologies like uh, Thor Chain that we're kind of keeping an eye on. Um, and so there's a lot of potential here, but it's still early days, and we are very excited, and we see a future where, like I said, Every asset is exchangeable on a DEX. It doesn't matter whether it's a, a, a stock, 
or mm-hmm. um, and and you know a, a crypto kitty or whatever it is, right? Anything of value for anything else of value, you could exchange on a dex, and you can do it. Believe it or not, you can do it in a legal, regulated way too. And I know that that might scare some people, mm-hmm. um, but you you can imagine a world where the stock, like the stock part of it, where that's already regulated, flows through a dex and a regulated part of a dex, and then the non, like this, the Ethereum assets or the cryptocurrency flows through just a standard DEX of non-custodial exchanges. And um, that world can exist. And I think that world will come at some point in time. Isn't that crazy? Like you could literally take your like tokenized shares and you could put them on a DEX. Like there's literally no limit to it as long as it's tokenized. It's crazy to think about. It, it, is, it is so crazy. And there are technologies out there now today that already can do that. Like that's exactly what they do. They can collateralize you know, and create synthetic assets that track real world assets that have mm-hmm. a price and exactly what you just said, just allowed to be exchanged on a, on a, on a DEX. And so the future is really exciting and I, I can't wait to see it. It is. It's, it's crazy how fast it's moving too. It's like there's a new trend in crypto like every single week, like NFTs are booming. Bitcoin's going to the moon. Dogecoin is going to a dollar. Like (laughs) DEXs are now the next big thing. I'm like, geez, it's moving so fast right now. And I'm in it all the time and I can't keep up. I'm like, oh my God. I I say that to to my friends and family. They're they're asking me about some hot technology or whatever. I'm like, look, I'm in this day in, day out, and I cannot keep up with it either. There's so much going on, but a lot of excitement. Oh yeah, and yield farming and staking. Do yeah. you guys support uh, staking and, and yield farming? I guess like through Exodus or yeah. So so staking is is really easy in, in Exodus if okay. the asset is already supported. So assets like Cardano, Tezos, it's just a really a one click staking uh, solution. Now yield farming with uh, things like Sushi or, or other assets like that are not supported today. But okay. long term, we have a plan to, to support those sorts of things. Okay, sweet. Because I know that's like another big area that's kind of blown up lately. People will ask me, like people that don't even know about crypto. Yo, like, <laughs> have you heard about this yield farming? I'm like, what the fuck is yield farming? <laughs> like, there's just new things popping up all the time. So I, that's how I know the industry is innovating like crazy. Oh, yeah. Like I, I uh, am working with this consultant and... Um, it was, let's see, we started working with this consultant back in maybe a January timeframe or so. And I, I convinced the consultant to take a payment in Bitcoin. And he's like, ah, okay, I'll do it. I'll take a, a payment in Bitcoin. And then it was just a few weeks ago. He said to me, he's like, JP, I just bought, I bought sushi. I, I loaded up on sushi. I loaded up on all these, <laughs> on all these assets. I'm like, Wow. That's awesome that he, you know, he's going off and doing this thing. So you're absolutely right. I mean, it is moving fast. Yeah, it's it's also weird that all these swaps are named after food. <laughs> yeah, sushi swap, pancake swap. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. So what's Exodus's um roadmap look like going through the rest of 2021? What do you guys? planning to do or that's on the horizon or that you're excited about? There's a, there's a couple big things here. So we're going to have this offering and uh, when the offering closes and we, you know, we don't know how long it's going to take to close, but you know, we're raising $75 million. So whenever we hit that $75 million mark, the offering will close. We will then issue the late, you know, shortly after we will issue 
the tokens. And then we will, we will later this year, we will open up for, we intend to open up trading on T0, uh, which is a regulated marketplace to trade digital securities. And uh, we intend to put the T0 interface inside of Exodus so that the trading is very mm. seamless, all in, in one Exodus experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in addition to that, buying buying Bitcoin with with fiat like dollars inside of Exodus, if in some scenarios it works really well. So if you have an iPhone and you have Apple Pay set up, it, it can work really well and you can have Bitcoin in your Exodus wallet in less than two minutes. Now, for people that uh, have an Android phone, you're you're out of options with Exodus. So we want to bring those sorts of options to people around the world because most people in the world actually have Android phones and on iPhones. So that's something that we're looking to do. In addition to that, we want to make it easy so that people can just, you know, connect their bank accounts, link their bank accounts so that they can easily buy cryptocurrency with uh, their, their dollars or, or fiat currency. And so that's another thing that we're, we're looking to, to build out in, into Exodus this year. Yeah, that'd be a cool addition. Then why would they need to even go to an exchange? They could just use Exodus and not have to really leave the wallet, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and then actually, we it, we have one more thing related to that that we're super mm-hmm. excited about is we want uh, we want exactly that. We want we see a future where you don't even have to leave your Exodus wallet. You can actually you can imagine a world where if you have let's say a Binance account, a Kraken account, a Coinbase account. You could manage all of that from within the Exodus wallet and you would Mm -hmm. never have to leave it all. And you have one trading interface. You don't have to manage or hassle with multiple trading interfaces. And when you want to pull money out of the exchange, you could do it with one click. You don't have to mess around pasting addresses or anything like that. It's just one interface to manage all of your portfolios, whether they're in an exchange or a wallet. So that will be coming later this year as well that we're pretty excited for. Man, that's the dream right there. I'd like to have just one interface to rule them all. That makes so much more simple. One interface to rule them all. Um, What about like a card? You guys got to get like one of those debit cards if you're like going full board into this stuff. Like it'd be really cool to have like an Exodus like prepaid debit card that you just load up with Bitcoin. So I think everyone's going that direction at this point. See, That's the thing. Because everybody's going that direction, we actually don't want to go that direction. We want to walk. We want to watch and we want to see how companies do this. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to we're going to do what we call like the fast follow strategy. So they're going to do this. They're going to prove how exactly it works and how it'll work well. Then we will fast follow in and uh, then we, we will do it. If you do it, please get it with a chip card reader because it's so, so annoying to not have to have Don't one, but have not have it with a chip card have a chip card i thought all credit cards have the chip cards these days not not well the credit cards like traditional ones do but like for like so like bitpay for example bitpay's yeah. had like their crypto card for a long time and it's i love it it's pretty badass but yeah. it wasn't until recently that they finally put the chip in it i'm like why did it take so long and then i think coinbase has one coming out and there's a few other companies but yeah make sure you guys have the chip will, it's so annoying that everyone takes chip nowadays we will get yeah we will get the chip I think that's, I think we, we covered so much. I think that's a good place to, to, to wrap it up. So JP, thanks for taking the time to come on. And I love chit chatting about crypto and the industry with uh, new and fun people just like you, um, especially when there's so much crazy stuff going on. 
Um, and obviously learning about Exodus and what you guys are doing. You guys got a super cool wallet. I actually recommended it to my own father and to some other friends as well. Because it's actually, it, for me, it feels really seamless. Um, so you guys got something really cool going on. So yeah, keep it up, man. Well, thank you, Brandon. I appreciate being on the show today. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Um, stay healthy, stay safe, and chat soon. All right. Thank you.